One, it's laundry day, and two, I just felt like sucking it all in. I have a three-day-old ponytail going on. It's a glamorous <laughs> life for living over here, just for the hairdresser headquarters. We, I, we yeah. need energy work. We need so much energy work. Need. It's it's been um, it's my call week with my students, and it's been the most like inspiring couple days with them. Uh, they, it's just like all great stuff coming from them and the work that they're doing and things like that. But at the same time, like I've been talking on the phone and we've been recording podcasts and doing all that. We had training with our new coaches. Congratulations oh, yeah. to our new coaches. So it's kind of like we, for the past two weeks have just been nonstop, nonstop. Yeah. But speaking of energy work, we have an awesome guest for you guys yeah. today. We have Nicole from Truth, Beauty, and Goodness. Welcome. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for having me in this steamy What can you, room. <laughs> in the sauna room, um, what can you tell us about energy work, your history in that, how you started the embeautiment? Is it an embeautiment process or program? It's actually the embeautiment method. Method. Yeah, okay. yeah. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. We all know that you do hair. Yeah. You're a hairdresser. Yeah, you're licensed. Totally. You've got that story. You went to hair yeah, school. I did. But what, how did you start this? Tell us everything. God, I don't even know. I kind of fell into hairdressing by accident and it was, it, I have a family of hairdressers, so kind oh, of, kind too. of, you do. Yeah. yeah. You know, grew up spinning around in the chair in my grandma's mm-hmm. basement and Sweeping like. Sweeping hair. Yeah. Roller sets. Totally. <laughs> My cousin became a hairdresser, and I was like, this is the coolest place on earth. Um, Yeah, so, God, okay, so let's see. 15 years into my career, I was like, this sucks. I'm ready to quit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's normal. Why am I doing this to myself? Like, I feel like I just want to die at the end of the day, basically. Um, I didn't know I was empathic. I didn't know... Like, I didn't know I was picking up energy. I didn't know. I had no energy skills, no energy language. I just knew I was burnt out. And I was at the pinnacle of my career. I was doing stuff that people, yeah. you know, only dream of doing. Yeah. And You start um, to feel like a weird guilt. Yeah. You're like, I want to be done, but like, no, this, I'm was too the young. this was the point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You were like physically yeah. exhausted, but then also picking up the energy from your clients that is exhausting in itself. What well, that's the thing that was physically exhausting. Yeah. Um, let's see. Headaches, backaches, um, body pain. So flu-like symptoms. People like symptoms, totally. Yeah. Those are such normal symptoms anyways yeah. for hairdressers. Yeah. And I wonder, I, I think you have to be a little bit able to connect with your clients like in order to do what we do. Yes. And so, so many people are probably like, that's it. Like, listen yeah. to yeah. this. And how do I protect myself and channel it properly? There's so many ways. But uh. there's there's really simple ways you can start. Mm-hmm. Um, if you just Google grounding meditation or grounding visualization, Bam. start there. Yeah. Start there. Do a grounding meditation before you touch anyone. Right. Period. So what happened to you? You were mm-hmm. kind of run down. You were at the end of your rope. Yeah. And is it road or rope? Both. Doesn't matter. Right, you're at the end of road. Both they of both the end. Yeah. <laughs> um, and what made you? Did someone introduce you to energy work? Did you get referred to someone? Did you find it on your own? I 
Okay, so I went searching for it because I, I was ready to quit. I was like, okay, great. I'm going to go get a degree in social work or something, right? Like <laughs> no, psychology. Like that. That's work cool. Work for an empathic person. <laughs> totally. No idea at the time. See, I still didn't know I was empathic. Yeah. That was the problem. Um, well, I've, I've been in education and learning and development for a long time, big part of my career. So I'm a learner. I'm a nerd. I love information. I knew something was going on with energy, and I wanted to explore it, so I was at a point in my career where I was comfortable, I had the space to go take a class, and I was like, let me just go figure out what's out there. I looked at Reiki, I looked at Therapeutic Touch, I looked at Healing Touch, and Healing Touch is the one that resonated the most for me, so I literally took level one class. Within the first hour, two thoughts came into my mind. One was, okay, how do I do this work with every single client? And number two, how do I teach every single hairdresser I know how to do this too? Yeah. Wow. Because I knew it was, it just was an intuitive knowing that this was the answer to how I was going to save my mental, emotional, physical self and continue to do the work I'm doing. Yeah. And that this work isn't shallow. Like, I was feeling like this work is so is shallow, yeah. right? It has mm-hmm. no meaning. And Empty. Like, where's yeah, the depth? Where's the depth? For so. people that don't know what empathic is, what would you, how would you describe it? Yeah, empathic is... Like the description of someone who's high in empathy. Okay. Okay. So being high, being empathy is feeling with others. So that could mean we, you know, I was here. What was happening for me is I would start working on a client, my arm would hurt, and then my client would tell me, "Yeah, I, I threw my shoulder out or something." Yeah. And I'm like, "Huh? Uh. Are you kidding me? <laughs> what? Weird." But not just the physical pain, but the emotional pain too. And that I probably would pick up more, and I hear it. Time from hairdressers yeah. like we just it's like our clients just dump on us mm-hmm. right and so when you have energy knowledge um you have a choice of whether to pick it up or not okay and that's so, interesting yeah so being high in empathy you have to you can tend to be when it's turned up really loud you can be empathic um and empathic is like a superpower that you it's like holding a straight razor Mm-hmm. You know, you can do some damage, right. but it's also an amazing tool. Right. So today, I use my empathicness, my high sense of empathy, um, to guide my client relationships and to guide the service that I provide. Did you find that you were like that in all areas? Yes. Of your life? Yeah. Growing up, I was a super empathetic kid. Yeah. Picked up all kinds of stuff. Yeah. That I have been doing a lot of work on. <laughs> To put it down. <laughs> Dropping those rocks, you know, <laughs> climbing over those boulders. Do you feel like you, um, because you can feel your clients so much that you're able to turn it around to kind of guide their emotions as well to help them and heal them? Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, through questioning. Yeah. Through really just curiosity. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you guys know as coaches, like the best coaching is when we can just be curious, mm-hmm. let the client guide it, and that's, empathy is such an amazing tool for that. So in a hair consultation, for example... You know, we have our own ideas of what's beautiful, mm-hmm. right, and our own aesthetic that we refine. But to me, really being of service as a hairdresser is about how do I how do I really hear what they're what's going on, and how do I hear what they're not saying, mm-hmm. and start to try to bring that to the surface. So my empathy helps so much with yeah. that. Do you have any aha moments with clients or guests or other hair like? Any stories where you were like, this really has transformed my life in a big way? Like, besides just feeling better, yeah. which is what, I mean, that's enough for yeah. most people. Yeah. Has there been anything bigger than that? Yes. Well, so now my, what my, 
I call it my practice. What my practice looks like is that I incorporate healing touch energy work with every single client. So when I transitioned from working, I worked for, can I say it? I can say it. My, I worked for Bumble it. and Bumble yeah. for a million, of, a million years. 90% of our guests have. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So I worked for Bumble and Bumble for 15 years. You know, high, high fast mm-hmm. pace, fashion forward company. And transitioned into working in a salon suite. Um, I made a very deliberate choice about who I invited, client-wise, to come to the space with me and not or not. And so you were, literally picked and choose. I which, did. Yeah, I did. Um, and you know, there were three clients that I chose not to give my information to. They all found me within. <laughs> I don't know how they all came in within a week and a half of each other. Yeah. And the amazing thing was that. I think there's lots of reasons that contributed to this, but they all have continued to be some of my best clients with now the, I have the best relationships with. Mm-hmm. And one of them, um, you know, cried on her first visit, like really had a full emotional. You had started, using your new practice. You had started yeah. this practice already. And you had yeah. not done it prior to, cause you were at Bumble. Yeah. Wow. So it's just so deep. It's so, the work is deep. Beauty in general is just such a, it's such a big conversation that we're only just having such a small part of right, right now. So, yeah, it's transformative. What about people yeah. that aren't empathetic? Well, everyone has the ability to be, have empathy. Right. Um, if you're not naturally high on empathy, there's... There was a story I just heard, which I'm not going to repeat because I'm terrible at repeating stories, but I'll tell you the gist of it. It was about a leader who, you know, was running a company and there's all this stuff coming out now about how empathy is like in in the workplace, right? Mm -hmm. Especially in corporate culture. And he was a leader of this organization um, and realized that he's very low on empathy, but he was high on information gathering. So what he does is he, he asks questions. Um, so this is what I'm hearing you say, this is what I'm gathering, but you need, I don't know how you're feeling. So can you tell me, or can you tell me what you're sensing or am I getting it right? So really through questioning, we can still be empathetic. That's interesting. People are afraid to have those conversations though. I think it blocks them sometimes from asking someone how they, how they feel. I think leaders are afraid to be empathetic because I think, especially in America, it's can be considered weak. Specifically, like, maybe for men more. Yeah. Um, do you find that men or women connect differently to the embodiment method? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, well, I have to think about that. I, hmm. The result might end up the same. Yeah. But do, are there different things that you come across? You know, I think there's, I don't know. I, I just, I guess I think about people in general. Mm-hmm. Everyone is so different, and especially energetically, people are so different. There's so many differences, and there's so many similarities. Um, you know, a lot of my clients are these high-power type A lady bosses, mm-hmm. you know, executives. And so they have a lot of masculine energy. Right. Um, so to me, and then the guys that I see have a lot of feminine energy. So right. it's a, it's kind of... It's a fun <laughs> Similar, you yeah. know? It's more about the feminine and masculine, and I, I tune more into that than I do, like, actual, actual male, body. female. Yeah. Because we're all on some kind of... Fluid continuum. motion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I think. So. so how much can you share with us today about the embodiment method? Yeah. Because we don't want to give it all away. Yeah. But how does it how does it start? How does it work? And how can someone be involved? Yeah. So the method, okay, the method is it's for anyone. Okay, anybody can do it, whether you're a beauty professional or not. Right. Where I've started is to me the front lines are working with beauty professionals because so they have peeps. such a far they're my peeps, <laughs> they have such a far reach. Um, so the whole premise of it is about integrating wellness with beauty. You don't have to be, you know, this word woo-woo. Everybody's yeah. like, I don't know. Wait, I, say like, woo, I say woo-woo. You say woo-woo? Wait, what? Like woo-woo spirituality. Oh, okay. Like woo-woo stuff. Yeah. You know, like. I, I don't think I've ever you don't heard say that. that. Yeah. Cool. Oh, my gosh. Uh-uh. It's like, like I call okay. it fluffy, too. Like fluffy. Too yeah, fluffy. I've heard fluffy. fluffy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, so this woo-woo. method is woo-woo. for people who are into the woo-woo, but it's also for skeptical people, because right. I, I consider myself a, a skeptical mystic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love science. Same. I love research. And, um, yeah, I'm nerdy, too, so I have a lot of, like, certifications and trainings. I'm a student of positive psychology, so... And strength, I'm a strengths-based coach and all that stuff. So all of that has influenced this method. It's kind of a culmination of all those things, my energy work, my experience. And it's a way to integrate wellness with beauty. So it's 19 practices that funnel down into this framework of mind beauty, body beauty, and spirit beauty. Um, so you can practice it personally. You can practice it professionally. Mm-hmm. And... Right now, the training that I'm offering is a way to provide an embodiment service. So, how you become an embodiment practitioner. Okay. And you can essentially apply it in your practice. That's nice. Yeah. How, and is do you teach it in steps? Do you teach it in how does how does someone learn this process? Do you come to them? Do they come to you? In terms of the training, yeah. or so the training right now, I have so many visions for it. But right now, <laughs> it's a three-day program. Okay. And so it's essentially laid out like first day you is all about the practitioner and self-development, yeah. um, self-care. Second day is all about how do you provide an embodiment service? What does it look like? What could it look like? How might your service transition into that? And then the third day is all about developing your practice. So not just the things we do behind the chair, but also. Um, practicing embodiment in the world. Because one of the practices is altruism and being of service and right. how, yeah. you know, that contributes so much to our happiness and our wellness. I love that you start with working on the practitioner. You know, we always say to our students, in, in like, if the plane's crashing, you need to put your oxygen on first, you yeah, know? So how sure. can you take care of yourself to be able to take care of other people? Yeah. And so that's such a great... I love that. Yeah. It's wonderful. Do you, how do you feel about the beauty industry as a whole? Do you feel like it's shifting into more of a conscious practice? Like, tell us what you see, what you're seeing. Yeah, I, I do think it's shifting. I think that the cracks of light are coming in, um, especially with non-toxic products mm-hmm. coming out and emerging. But my whole thing is, great, we're focusing on the non-toxic of the external. Let's focus on the non-toxic mm-hmm. of the internal because right. there's still... Oh man, we have so much work to do. Right. You know. What do you What do you see when you do these trainings? What's something that comes up? Is there a common theme that comes up they have to work through with hairdressers specifically? Yeah. What is the blockages? Yeah. yeah. What do you usually see? Yeah. Um, first of all, everyone that comes through the training, they most people have a fear of like coming out to their clients. <laughs> What do you mean? Like, coming out is, like, pro-wellness. Yeah. Really? Yes. That's funny. Isn't that funny? 
But I, it, I can see it being like a, a big shift, like not not practicing this, and then all of a sudden coming in and like having this whole feelings based service and. You know, like having, they're afraid of the having ha, yeah, they're having their clients open up and them having to open up and share that emotion. And, yeah, yeah. But here's the thing: is that every single person that started the transition, their clients are like, "Of course, you're doing this. We yeah. know you. You are right. still the same person. You yeah. know, it's just new techniques that you're throwing in the mix. Yeah. Right. And you know, I encourage them not to go a hundred miles an hour right away. You know, unless you're like changing into a private space or like you're making a big shift but little things like um for example one of the practices is loving kindness and I say loving kindness prayers whatever Mm. you want to call it it's something you repeat to myself quietly for my client every time I shampoo them so talk about a shift in energy yeah it helps me have more compassion no matter who it is right you know, that's there. It's so. a lot of conscious work. I mean, yeah. you have to I be... mean, think about when we're shampooing, we're just like in la-la land, like staring at the wall or thinking about everything you have to do. So to focus that energy uh, and focus your thoughts on the client that you're working on, yeah. like, especially we talk about a lot of charging for our time and yeah. it's like, if why waste any time not focusing on them when they're paying yeah. for us fully, so. Well, and especially because it, ultimately, it is going to impact your business positively. Okay, so... I practice loving kindness meditation. It puts me in a more calm, compassionate state. When I get into that interaction with the client, I'm present. I have more compassion. Um, trust gets built. I bet my client retention goes up. Mm-hmm. And then my numbers improve. Exactly. You know, retention just, is how you improve numbers. Right? Very that's simple. It. That's it. So what in your like personal life, kind of besides hairdressing, you probably were led to this in other ways, too. How has this affected your personal life? Because I think hairdressers, yes, we want our career to have something, but a lot of our stuff is so the same. You know, what's happening at work is happening at home, and we have a a saying, how you do one thing is how you do all things. Totally. So how have you seen these changes affect your personal life, and how did you kind of get on that conscious path? Yeah. Well, the conscious path was a result of me, like, hitting the pavement, like, skidding, my face skidding the pavement, (laughs) you know? Yeah, pain, pain, right? Um, And doing my own work, you know, doing my own personal growth work. And Mm -hmm. really, like, 10 years into that, I found that, okay, I've become this woman who is very invested in her own growth and development and self-love and caring. And then I work in this industry that doesn't give a about me, you, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Okay, can I, I was, can I cuss? I'm trying to get passionate. I can drop enough bomb here. So it's this huge, like, you know. When our whole yeah. industry is supposed to be about that, but we don't. Is yeah. it? Is it? I mean, they imply, I mean, like, oh, we care about you. We want to, you know, it's all about making you feel good, but then people are very selfish. And... Is there a point where self-love can get toxic? Well, if narcissism is disguised <laughs> as self-love, sure. Right, and like that's some, not that's not it is, right? self-love. That's self-infatuation, right? right? Yeah. Or like, I don't know. Because I see um, a lot of people, especially like online, like that, like they love themselves, but they've discredited everyone else. Like yeah. they're loving themselves because they don't like it. They don't love anyone else. Yeah. Right? I think if it can be used as an excuse, sometimes like I'm self-love, but I'm not dealing with anything else around me or how yeah. I affect other people. Yeah. Or, yeah. 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 yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a lot of that going on. Because there was, um, there yeah. was, you know, there was one, I can't remember the 
the Instagram, the the person that it was that was talking about toxic positivity. I oh, thought it was Caitlin. very interesting. Toxic positivity. Where it's like all we show is the positivity and it's yeah. kind of a false Yeah. It is toxic. advertising to yes. everyone else. Like yes. when you look at Instagram, if you look at my Instagram, my life looks full of flowers and my dog and mm-hmm. it's perfect. And people start to kind of associate like that yeah. that's what their their life should look like. Yeah. That. And sometimes that even though I'm showing the positive aspects of my life, yeah. can sometimes have a negative effect on other people. So, but I think that's that, that's where vulnerability comes mm-hmm. in. Yeah. And do you have any, does vulnerability touch on the embodiment method? I feel like it's very, vulnerability, the topic right now yeah. with Brené Brown and yeah. all this stuff is kind of coming out. Yeah, totally. Um, it does. It requires vulnerability to heal, do your own healing work. Yeah. And, um... Man, the trainings we've had, the embodiment trainings, like there's been tears, there's been laughter, oh, there's imagine. been breakthroughs. Like at the end, we're like, kumbaya, and all like, <laughs> I mean, this, this, the bond that these people have created with each other, like, I like, could literally get teary now thinking about it. Yeah. It's, now they're using oh, each other's support and, yeah. In, in addition to you and what you've taught them. So. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, you guys are getting it, and you're doing it, and you're into it, and they're doing these things, and I'm like, holy shit like <laughs> that is where I you know for me and beauty is just a framework it's just yeah. a launching pad my ideal person is the person that's like okay I'm into wellness I love what I do I love the craft how do I do the two things together and to me I'm just the entry point and yeah. like where people go with it I Up hope people take it way further yeah. you know what's your goal for truth beauty and goodness what are your plans what are your goals what are your where are you people like to yeah. know where things are yeah kind of going with well what are the, you steaming up with that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What are you cooking? we're changing the world <laughs> yeah exactly positively uplifting the world really truly that's my one of my bigger missions is yeah. to to be, really help the world be more beautiful yeah um but with the embodiment method is really my main focus all my other little workshops are just branches of the practices okay. so like energy is a huge thing it's it's really my like we had a major, like that's my major, that's my where I get my master, where I'm doing my masters. Yeah. Um, but I mean, developing these embodiment practitioners, I really want to help be the voice of embodiment to get these practitioners out there as the leaders yeah. in this wellness, new wellness ca- beauty category. Um, and then next step actually is creating a culture program. I want to train salons. I want to train brands on how to implement the embodiment method in their cultures to create cultures of wellness. That's awesome. Yeah, so that the practitioners and the brands can all play with each other. Are you? Are you? I'm sure there's people out there listening. They're like, I want that. Uh huh. Right? Are you ready for that? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope, nope. Not ready for that. Just so everyone not, knows. Not ready. Um, <laughs> I'm, uh, my goal is to get 100 practitioners trained by the end of 2020. Okay. That is like my, that's my goal. So. And when they become a practitioner, do they get continuing education with you? Are they, they con- do. Yeah, how does that work once they're a they practitioner? They do. Really, the, the training's just the, again, it's the entry point, because there's so much that opens up after you start to do the work, mm-hmm. and I really wanted to create a community of support, and that people could lean on each other to start this work so after the training I well we have a Facebook group which you know everybody has that so (laughs) Facebook group is necessary we have quarterly calls where I do ongoing education have guest speakers we do practice reviews Um, I also hold group masterminds for just the practitioners as they start to implement 
the work that they're doing. Um, Online or? Online. Okay. Yep, because they're all over the place. Uh, 2020, we're going to have our first practitioner retreat. Ooh. Be great. So Do you know where it's going to be? I don't know. I've, I actually <laughs> literally was just looking at Sedona. Ooh. You know, somewhere, somewhere woo-woo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> somewhere where we can just go vortex. sit in a vortex <laughs> and like have a healing circle. No, I don't know. Um, so yeah, so there's, there's just so much, so many places this could go. Hopefully down the road, the level two will be training people to do coaching and mentorship work yeah. with others. Um, so you don't have to do it all. <laughs> you don't have to, yeah, I yeah. don't have to do it all. Yeah, because I, I know I really understand I'm just one person with just one viewpoint. Yeah. But I feel like this information, this, from a spiritual perspective, this information was given to me. Yeah. And so it's my, it's my job to get it out there. So that's really there's cool. kind of a detachment of like, all right, I'm just a humble servant. What do you want me to do? Okay, you want me to hold this training? Like, all right. That's why it works, though. That's why, it, yeah, that's why people show up. I think so. What? You have a folder over here. What's, what's, <laughs> what's in, in the there? folder? Do you want to know what's in the folder? Yeah. box. <laughs> well, I just brought the outline because we're visual, right? Yeah. Like, I just think it's it's cool to like be able to see how the embodiment method's laid out. Oh, very Can you cool. talk to this as if no one's looking at it? Since yeah. Since our people aren't looking at it. Yeah, so there's three main... <laughs> Three main things about the embodiment method. The first are the pillars. Like, mm-hmm. This is essentially how it's broken down. The pillars are the overarching framework, which is mind, beauty, body, beauty, and spirit beauty. Mm-hmm. And then with each within each of those columns, there's promises and there's practices. Okay. So the practices are really the boots on ground. Like this is how you do the method. The action planning, yeah. The promises are what you get, right? Okay. So for example... Mind beauty is all about, it's about creating a more beautiful way of thinking, of, of really being. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of those practices are like uh, rewrite, rewriting our negative beauty narratives mm-hmm. and starting to get clear on the stories we tell ourselves about beauty. Um, loving kindness is another mind beauty practice. It's like the fact that I'm wearing man's banks. Because I need to, be, need to rewrite that story. <laughs> is that a negative story? I don't know. I don't know. It could be both. Yeah, maybe it's a negative story. I live in New York City. Everyone feels overweight, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, it goes it goes deeper. It's like, okay, so when I think about stuff that I, practices that I have, it's like, okay, why? Why right. am I doing that, right? right. Like, um, what's it, okay, what's so the I, why around the man's banks? <laughs> yeah. Do you want to go there? You want to go there? Right I just now? think it makes me feel slimmer. <laughs> Isn't that why anyone wears spanks? Yeah. Every time I wear spanks, <laughs> uh-huh. that is, is very keeps everything tucked. But it tight. makes me uh-huh. feel good. So I don't know if it's a negative. Yeah. Uh huh. I might be doing it because I don't feel slim, and then it makes me feel positive. Slimmer, uh-huh. Right. So is, what's that? How well, is, what's the identification with feeling slim? Being attractive. Okay, and what does being attractive do? Looking like the models that I see on like billboards and the models that I've worked with like that uh-huh. like because like you said we, we work in the beauty industry so when you work with models you're mm-hmm. like well I don't look like that mm-hmm. that's uh-huh. the ideal beauty image the I, okay there we go right it's your ideal it's beauty my, image it's <laughs> my yeah. ideal yeah. beauty image yeah. which means what what does it mean if you achieve this ideal beauty image that people would find me attractive <laughs> that could and translate into 
finding a, the perfect relationship and there you go. having the perfect life and there you perfection. Go. There you go. Which leads you to wearing Spanx. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Right? So, exactly. It's like, so it's like, I love that this has made a cameo on the podcast. <laughs> so, so then, so really the work of beauty narratives is, is looking at, okay, it doesn't mean, beauty narrative work is not about shaming anyone. Right. You know, I literally, I'm at the point now, I mean, I'm at 42, things are changing. I'm like, huh. My skin is looking different. Like, things are like, <laughs> I have to go to the gym a little bit more. Like, yeah, yeah. wow, I, you know, whatever. Things are changing. And, like, what what do I want to do with that? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like an experiment. You know, part of me is like, I, I want to get a little filler in this spot because I want to experiment. I want to see, like, but is it, you know, am I making the outsides trying to shift the insides? Right. Or am I, am I doing the work on the insides to... Have the outside reflect that work. Yeah, exactly. Right? So maybe it just a skinny bitch on the inside. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to put these banks on to reflect that. Yeah. I don't know. But it's it's also about stepping away from self-harm, too. Yeah, right. How can we be more loving? And Because there's so much harm that happens for in the sake of beauty. And it's really about us just wanting love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's know? always it's what it so boils true. down to, yeah. isn't it? So you have so that's the mind pillar. That's the mind pillar. And then we have the body pillar. Body pillar, which which we kind of just covered, right? <laughs> um, or are they? I mean, no. I think we were talking more about the mind. Okay. Yeah, because it's our perception. Body beauty things are like nutrition, sleep, mm. um, movement. You know, how can we be really loving to these physical? We're physical beings. Mm-hmm. You know, we're energy beings too, but we have a physical body. Um, beauty rituals. Beauty rituals are all about turning our routines. The things, these, this is all the hairdresser stuff. Yeah. Right? Like, how do we turn it into a ritual? Mm-hmm. So, creating intention, being mindful, all of these things can help shift it. And complementary therapies, too. So, like, I practice healing touch energy work. But uh, one of my, one of my, it's not my, one of the embodiment practitioners <laughs> just got certified in hypnotherapy. Oh, oh cool. So, she's doing these hypnotherapy sessions, hair sessions. Oh, that's crazy. Wow. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> I yes. hope she's charging a lot for that. <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah. I do too. I do too. Um, this should be a book. You should put it's this coming. on me. It's coming. <gasps> I was going to say, you you should write a book. Yeah, you should really write a book. I would read this. And then I would be so inspired, I would have to come to the workshop. Well, you should come. I know. Yeah, we, you're, 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 right down, you're right down the road. Yeah, we're, October, we're going to do one here. You okay. are? So, yeah, yeah, I would one, you have one come. coming up, though. I do. Um, Sacramento, June 9th through the 11th. Okay. Yeah, you know what? It's still there. cold here. I say everybody needs to go to Cali yeah. in June. I know. I, it sac- blows my mind that it's still somewhat chilly going into May. I hope by June in New York it is not cold. Anymore. Oh, no, it'll be yeah. boiling hot. Hopefully. <laughs> so then what's, so we have mind, body, and then we go into spirit beauty. Spirit beauty. Yeah, spirit beauty is really, it might be my favorite pillar. It transcends, it transcends the other two. It's really about, um, I have my, do I have my definition? I don't have my definition in here. Spirit beauty, it, it goes beyond our physicality. It goes beyond our humanness. It goes into things like um, it's altruism. More it's more ethereal, um, but still grounded. So mm-hmm. things like introspection. It's about connecting with the divinity of beauty, really. Okay. Um, and it doesn't mean you have to be religious. It just means, you know, maybe believing there's something bigger than you. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not. Maybe it's like connecting with nature mm-hmm. um, which is much bigger than us mm-hmm. it's much bigger <laughs> yeah um, so and things like altruism leadership um, creative expression 
That's great. We work in a creative field. We're uh, just we the forget discussion. to express ourselves creatively <laughs> completely because you get into the routine, right? But yeah. it really requires uh, practice and dedication to be creative. Mm-hmm. But what is that, anyways? I mean, yeah. what does it mean? It's really something that comes through us. It's not what we are. It's not a static. Yeah. Thing and then play. Play is my favorite one. So I usually make people dance at my <laughs> trainings. Um, we did a little laughter yoga at my last session, and I will go back to the dancing because the laughter was even weirder than the dancing. <laughs> <laughs> laughter probably followed the dancing. There's probably laughter. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, can definitely do that. That's amazing. So how long is this class every day for three days? Uh, it's about nine hours with a. We have an hour lunch break. So okay, it's a long day. It's a long day. It's a long, a long day. It's intense. And very immersive three days, it sounds very like. Very immersive. And what can yeah. they kind of expect? In the, I know when people, especially when people are traveling, they want to kind of know what what to expect. Are, are they going to be sitting all day? Are you going to be moving around? Are you in one location? Yeah. Like, how does this all look? Yeah, we're in one location. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to make the locations very intimate and not... We're, I've made a very conscious decision not to do them in salons mm-hmm. and to yes. do them in yeah. off-site spaces. We're learning a little bit about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's energy. It's energy, it's out of it. it's yeah. energy stuff. Um, so there is a bit of sitting. I am very aware of my audience. Mm-hmm. I know that people, you know, we're all movers and shakers. So the the learning, there's a lot of different learning styles. So we're, we're down learning, we're up learning. There's a lot of group activities, uh, a lot of talking, a lot of reflecting, a lot of writing. Um, on day two, we actually, I do an introduction to healing touch. So we do energy work with okay. each other. Oh, cool. Um, and then the third day is really, it's a focus on designing your embodiment practice. So people walk away with an actual plan. Like yeah. what are the first things you're going to implement? Not just an overload of information. Totally. And you guide them through that process. Like, I do. I, I do. And the exciting thing is another thing that I'm offering is, uh, two-hour curriculum that they can have to go teach it. Oh, cool. So we haven't, I have an early bird going right now where you get it for free, but I don't know that this probably won't make it in time. But oh, if yes. you come to New York, <laughs> what? Sorry. <laughs> but you can still, you can still purchase it with your enrollment. Um, but that's been amazing to watch people go out and teach about it. Yeah. Um, and to do beauty narrative exercises with People. And the, the class is actually, you can teach it to anyone. It's not just for professionals. So I say it's a great one to do for like VIP clients or yeah. just any clients that want to come to an event. I just spoke with someone today who has an interest in working with teenage girls. Like, oh, this is a wow. perfect class session to go do she with. Was it Kate Kent? <laughs> what? Was it Kate? It was not Kate. Oh. oh. One of our coaches works with, um, she has something called the Highlight Project. Mm. So she does... Her, she's the owner of Nice Hair, uh-huh. and she um, charges her clients double the amount, and then half of that goes to doing a service on a, a young girl that's in foster care. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. So that would be really. We should connect. I you. know we should connect that person yeah. and Kate, that. and or you and Kate. Yeah, yeah, like you know that works with the teenage. Yeah, if you can start amazing. with younger people, it's so much more. They're so influential. Once you're our age, you just got a lot of garbage. Yeah, <laughs> I cannot imagine being a teenager right now. No, no. I don't. I the really. World is, the I world no, is so connected. It's so terrifying. If I woke up and I was a teenager again, I would just. I wouldn't. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't either. No. I'm just glad that nothing, well, things are a little bit documented, but I'm just glad most of my life was not documented exactly. at yeah. that time before <laughs> my, what is it, all your brain formed yeah, by the time exactly. you're like 25 or whatever. <laughs> yeah, so I'm glad it's not on record out there. So we usually end 
our sessions with a funny story or a horror, horror story. Mm-hmm. Funny, what did I say? Funny story or, or a horror, horror story. story. Yeah. Um, just to kind of lighten the mood. Yeah. What, do you have any of those? Do you have any really silly things that have happened? Even if, I mean, if, even yeah. using the embodiment, has anything funny happened? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I was, so I'm married to a comedian as oh. well. So that's, <laughs> there's always humor in my house. Um, last night I was laying in bed. If he's so good. So what's, if, <laughs> He's good. he's one of those like he does a lot of crowd work so he's like an off the cuff that's hilarious kind of person <laughs> um, but he was like so what's this what's this podcast you're doing tomorrow and I said destroy the hairdresser he's like is that some kind of anarchist group <laughs> and I was oh, like oh, actually that. yes it is <laughs> yes <laughs> um, that's funny I don't know I thought of a, a bunch of different things one was I guess funny actually when we were for, I was first dating him I. You know, had that conversation, like, can I cut your hair? Mm-hmm. You know, like, the thing when you're like, ah, can I cut? You're like, so, I'm, I'm in charge of your hair now. Yeah, can I? Yeah. Um, I did that, so too. <laughs> it, it was not the first haircut, but the second haircut. We did it in his apartment at the time, and I cut it too short. And I didn't, I wasn't in front of a mirror, and I come around to the front, and I'm like, I am so sorry. Oh and that's all, gosh. you know, he couldn't see it. He didn't know what was going on. And all I saw was And then he got married. And then we got married. Yeah, it was all good. You saw pink, like just pink, because he's so short. he's Irish and <laughs> had silver hair, and it was so short. His little head was pink for like two weeks. Oh my god! I'm so sorry. I'll never do that again. So that's love. That's though. a good one. That horror. Um, working backstage with a, a editorial stylist. I will remain anonymous. Um, we were doing bangs with. Like you clip-in, know, bangs. clip-in yeah. fake bangs, okay. and there was only a limited amount, and I cut them too short. All of them? No, just oh. the one. This is my model oh, that okay. I was working on. I was working with my friend Colin. Hi, Colin, if you're listening, you know who you are. <laughs> um, so, of course, like, the stylist is, like, checking all the, all the bangs, and he's like, who did those bangs? <laughs> and I, Colin and I look at each other and we both like darted as quickly. You like left? I ran. I ran. <laughs> I don't even know where I went, but I ran. That's hilarious. It was sheer panic. Like, oh my gosh. Um, but then, of That's... course, you could just lower them and then it was the perfect length. Yeah. But then she looked like she had like a, you know. But like, it's not fashion week if there's not loud drama. I know. It's drama. Do you yeah. still do things like that, or are you, are you just, you're like, out of that game? I, you know, I go when called. <laughs> so, whatever. Yeah. I do. I go when there's people that I know and I have relationships with yeah. and I love working with. Um, but I'm not, like, trying to do that thing anymore. Yeah. Um, I do miss it, because it's super fun. Yeah. I'm never going to be, I have no aspirations to be the, like, editorial stylist but man you want me on your team I am yeah. a, I am a You're I'm an team awesome player. team member yeah <laughs> no really really and you know that man it took years to realize that and be cool with that but yeah. I, I am so yeah, now you. yeah I think it, I'm the opposite too I'm like I'm not good on a team I have to lead if I'm leading yeah. I'm really great, great. Mm-hmm. if I'm on a team I'm like 
I've said like since like come join our volleyball team. I'm like I can't. I'm not good. <laughs> you need a captain. I would I would try to like win the game against everyone. I wouldn't even know how to. You're like this is just for fun. It's a beer league. I wouldn't know how to work with with other people. But like you said, just knowing that it's so important kind of helps you. So now I don't put myself in situations and cause chaos. So how can people find you? How can they follow you on Instagram? How can they contact you? Sign up for classes. Give us all that good. I mean, Instagram's probably the best way, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Truth, beauty, and goodness. There's underscores in between each word. Uh, I have a website. You can find all that on my my the link in my bio, and I have a link to my all everything. Everything they can find everything via your Instagram, basically. Yeah, awesome. And they will want to DM you. They'll have questions. Great, DM me. I love conversations. I love getting on the phone. Yeah, cool. So I know that you have a special, get a little gift for our listeners. Can you tell yeah. them what that would be? Yeah. So that two-hour embodiment session curriculum that they missed, that they you- missed the early bird for, <laughs> I am going to offer it um, nice. as a freebie if you sign up and you found out about this from the podcast. So and how do they? How would they? Um, how would they make sure that they got the the free? curriculum yeah so in the there's an application process and when it says um, how did you hear about me or the training just say from the destroy the hairdresser podcast perfect and then perfect. Get it. make sure you say that if you want your <laughs> I know do not miss out <laughs> awesome thank you so thank much thank you so for much for having, for having, for having me us. we will have great. you again I know Amazing. we're trying to bring everybody back because it's like there's not there's people time. are doing so many things like you're going to have a book suit you're going to have <laughs> we'll have to talk about that so we'll oh, be excited God. to have you back so thanks for coming in Make sure to reach out to us on Instagram at Destroy the Hairdresser. And for more information on all things DTH, visit us at destroythehairdresser.com.